This episode of the Open Ended Podcast is sponsored by Jackbox. Get five hilarious party games in the Jackbox Party Pack from the creators of You Don't Know Jack. Now on Xbox One, PS3, PS4, Steam, and more. Go to Jackbox Games for more information. Also, you can donate to the Open Ended Podcast by going to openended.fm slash donate or hop on Patreon and become a member of the Open Ended Podcast starting at $1 a month. Again, that's openended.fm slash donate. This is Open Ended Podcast. I'm Sher Vincent. And I'm James T. Green. Think alike. <laughs> so, how are you doing this week? Um, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of going through some. Um, how do I put this? I mean, I, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago about my anxieties, and I it's it's I've got a lot going on personally. Um, more or less, it's the move, I guess, to New York that I'm trying not to make a big deal out of. Because it's not actually a big deal. I'm just going to grad school. But, like, I'm always nervous about everything. And for right now, things are going really well, which is something I shouldn't complain about. I shouldn't, you know, get my, get all in my head about. But I do because for me, my default emotion is usually either guilt or. Mm -hmm. That's real. (laughs) Or, um,. My default reaction to things is like crisis mode. I'm always prepared for a crisis. Um, past couple of years have been pretty anxiety written with just crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis. And um, right now, my life is kind of stabilized to a point where like things that I want to happen are actually happening. And I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I. <sighs> I don't know. It's I'm trying not to let get it get to me, but um a couple of days ago I had one of the worst panic attacks I've had in years. Um and I didn't know how to handle it. I was on a friend's rooftop and I was just, you know, thinking, I'm just gonna relax, you know, I had a really stressful week at work and I'm just gonna go on a rooftop and like be by myself. And I was up there all five minutes before I 
was so red. My chest was red. My face was red. I felt like I was on fire. It looked someone like set me on fire. It was horrible. I couldn't breathe. And I, you know, it was, it was tough. So the only thing that really brought me down was texting with my mom and like reaching out to her like, Hey, I don't know what's going on with me, but I can't breathe. So texting with her kind of brought me down, but I wanted to just get into these anxieties we have, what's in our, our, our brains. And I don't mind articulating the way I wish I could, but, um, yeah, like even now I'm getting like anxious talking about it. Like my right, like my breath is shortened a little bit just because this is a topic I have wanted to talk about since we even started this podcast. Yeah, I think actually when you think about the beginnings of it, mm-hmm. we kind of mentioned that we wanted to kind of touch in on it, mm-hmm. and then and we, we kind of forgot about it. Honestly, yeah, but we kind of did just because we got like into like very specific conversations but I think all along it's always been about anxieties and how we dealt with them through like travel or through relationships or through death or through our friendships and how we've um, navigated those situations through the anxiety we've had but to have a whole episode about anxiety which I think this is probably what's going to happen is something that I've wanted to do that's why I wanted to start the podcast honestly it's because I've been going through a lot like I said personally in the last couple of years that um I haven't really addressed as much as I should have probably like I had told you like I haven't gone to therapy in about three years and I feel like I have have, should have or should be going to it and Mm -hmm. yeah I I don't know I was on why why haven't you gone uh, just out of curiosity I don't know um, the therapist, the therapist, geez, therapist, the word is therapist. The therapist I was going to, um, no longer lives in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he moved to Florida. So, um, and there's no way in hell I'm going to Florida. So I'm like, well, all right, then that's over. Right, right. And, um, he was great. He, um, taught me a lot. He got, I was with him from the time I was 16 through 22 20 no 20 23 yeah 23 I was going on 23 actually but yeah so I was in there for a really long time all through college and he got me through a lot um I was I had anxiety since I was 16 when I had my first panic episode and then I actually had an ulcer from anxiety and then it was on medication but um yeah he just taught me a lot about how to deal with things and um, sometimes I will, like, I had stayed in contact with him about a year, uh, for a year after he had moved away, like, on call. Like, I would call him up just to have a conversation. He wouldn't even bill me. He would just, you know, let me check in, mm-hmm. which is really wonderful. That's how you know helpful. you have a good therapist. Yeah. For real. Well, like, he, he, I was with him for over seven years, like, mm-hmm. and he knows my family, so he... He would accept my calls. He like and he knew that if I called him because he knew who, he knew who I was. He knew me. He knew if I called him it was because I really needed to talk to him because I don't talk to I barely call anybody unless I really need to talk to you. I usually text people if I need to call, need to reach out or use that another form of technology. But I rarely pick up the phone and call anyone, and that's like even family. Like I'm just bad at that. Mm. And As I'm the first. Fact, I think maybe our first ever phone call was when. 
we were both going through some really rough shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was, um, like, I don't want to go into it specifically, but I remember it was just, we were both going through some anxious stuff. Yeah. We and both was- talked to everyone that we could, but, you know, we just kind of talked on the phone. Cause, and like, it was we both, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was, like, the, I think, and then we, like, hung out and, like, went for tacos and then had beer, and we were out till, like, 11 o'clock at night, and I think that was, like, when I knew, we're not just casual friends, you're actually a friend of mine, and I think that's when it escalated, but, like, that's the kind of relationship I have to that kind of form of technology, is if I give you a phone call, it's because I really need to talk to somebody, I need to hear your voice, and so for my therapist to be able to call, to accept my calls and, um, and to listen to me and just like hear me ramble for 15 minutes is incredible. But I haven't had any kind of actual sit down conversation with a therapist in three years. And um, for me um, to not have done that, I guess because it's just a trust thing. Mm. And I don't really open up to a lot of people. I mean, like me doing this right now, I mean, like you could hear probably in my voice how like. <laughs> anxious I am to talk about this because I don't really open up and and that's how I'm in like friendships too and relationships like I don't I don't open up right away like I have a friend recently said like I know everything about you and it's like well I've also known you for five years like it's I wasn't very open right away it took me a while and it's on the rarest of occasions rarest of friendships that I will open up to you right away but it takes me like a good like six or seven months to a year to like actually like open up and tell you all my garbage and all my baggage so um yeah this is like a new frontier kind of thing i'm doing right now like i'm gonna tell everybody that i you know i'm anxious about living (laughs) like everything it makes me like terrified Mm -hmm. so um how did you find your therapist um a counselor at school recommended him um, he had worked with her daughter and, um, I won't get into too much about her daughter's issues cause that's how my businesses tell, but, um, she was seeing some of the certain, um, similar patterns in my behavior with her own daughter. And she said, this guy will be good for you. And so he met with my parents at the school and then we went to go see him. And then I was seeing him when I was in six, when I was 16, three times a week. And then eventually and then I went to one day a week and then when I went off to school for my freshman year I'm at MSU um, we would have a hour long conversation once a week over the phone and cause I was still so um, I needed that consistency I needed that um, routine and I needed to talk to him especially because I was moving out of my family's home for the first time and I was on my own but I needed I needed him and he saw that and he was very, very um, open. And I think that's why I can still call on him now because of those first few months when I was in college. Um, and then when I moved back home, when um, some family stuff happened in my freshman year that took me back to Chicago and then eventually um, went to UIC. Another really great key component of my of that time was because of this doctor who helped me and um, get me through that. So, yeah, um, for me, just having that kind of trust with somebody else, I'm not sure if I can... I mean, I, I'm optimistic that I'll find that again, but I know it's going to take me a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I haven't even 
try to reach out because this last couple of years, you know, have been so transient and I'm not even sure where I'm going to be in like six months and stuff like that. That's why I haven't like planted roots and settled with somebody because I'm not sure like how long I'm going to be around to even open up to this person. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I haven't been to a therapist in three years. (laughs) Yeah. It almost seems like it's the consistent dance of being a 20 something that is not only trying to find themselves, but also finds themselves in careers that seem so kind of I guess not necessarily but kind of floaty mm-hmm. in a way yeah. like I look at myself being in my creatively driven careers and yourself which is a form of creatively driven career in education involving a lot of school and a lot of transition yeah it's hard it's so hard and I wish I could talk to somebody about that like my mother has been like my de facto therapist which is not always the greatest thing because she goes on her own demons and she but she understands what I'm going through because she is my she is my mother I am her daughter and she sees me and like um understands where I'm coming from so it's been good to have that but you know it's it's I need more than that and I'm realizing that now that I need to be able to go to somebody because um, for the past year, I've been also going to church, and that helped a lot. But even that has been kind of, you know, sparingly. I haven't, I haven't gone to church in months. So, like, and I feel bad about that too. But um, just finding some kind of outlet, I think, for that anxiety is what I need. And I think this podcast honestly has helped tremendously because of that. Like, no, seriously. Like, I mean, to be able to have like an hour or two and not talk about. You know, or have to real, you know, have to like be in my own head and then talk to you, talk to whomever we decide to talk to, or just talking and bullshitting on this podcast has just been so wonderful. And, um, yeah, I can kind of feel you on that because it's like it's it's a it's a rare moment in my time when I'm not either by myself or mm-hmm. with other friends because you know I consider you a friend. Thanks. <laughs> and oh of course, of course. Um Thanks. It's it's really lucky to be able to work with a friend. Um Sure, absolutely. But like I find this moment these moments as like a rare time where I don't always feel like I have to be on. Mm. And like I define being on as almost like you're be- being a performative you're mode. acting. Oh, yeah, a performative mode of yourself. Like It's like co- I mean like, it's a, it's almost like code switching. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, whether it's being on when you're giving an artist talk mm. somewhere, or being on at an exhibition, or being on when you're at an event where you're supposed to meet new people and being on in a meeting with, at work, yeah, yeah like, or being on during a meeting, like a client meeting. It's like mm-hmm. when you have so many methods and times where you're on, it really ramps up internal anxieties um just like you i have anxiety um as well i'm pretty candid about um my depression anxiety um mainly because i feel like the more it's talked about the more it's normalized um in the general conversation about mental health um and just how anyone around you can have small or larger forms of um mental things you know, and how to be sensitive around it, um, and how therapy isn't 
some dark thing that Mm-mm. I love yeah, therapy. That you, that, I that miss you have it. To, yeah, you know, it's not a dark thing that you have to keep secret. Yeah. I remember when I first started going to therapy, I had to kind of, like I didn't really know how to talk about it. Yeah, I think um, I was one of the first people you actually talked yeah, about it yeah. with, which I'm actually really honored that you thought mm-hmm. and felt comfortable enough with me to even tell that too. Yeah, so thank you for that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like you know, are you afraid that people are going to look at you differently or think of you differently and you say yeah I go see a therapist and then it was really interesting that once I started to talk about it like so many other people came up to me like yeah I see a therapist too I have the same anxieties as you I have depression anxiety as well I'm on medication as well like when you have so many other people not only that are super close to you but also kind of acquaintances Mm -hmm. realize that fact then it's like Whoa! This isn't as much of a um, taboo, outside, yeah, taboo or outside thing as I would imagine it to be. No, if anything, I mean, like having a therapist is you know just as common as having a hairdresser. Like you, everyone has that that you know person they talk to, and like even if you don't necessarily have a quote unquote therapist, you do have somebody that you do talk to. Hopefully. Yeah. And now it's gotten so easy to find them Mm -hmm. now. Um, I remember how I found my therapist was actually through the app ZocDoc. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, because it was one of those things where um, I was... I might might use that for me. (laughs) No, seriously, because I didn't even get one. Yeah, it was was really great. Um, I was going through a lot. Um, which caused me to go to therapy and I didn't know how to find anybody. So of course me being just like a technology person, I'm like, I'm sure there's gotta be some sort of like application or website for this. And I tweeted about it and one of my friends hit me up to ZocDoc and I downloaded the application. You put in your insurance information, or if you don't have insurance, you can leave that blank and you put in what it is you're looking for, everything from general physicians to um, specific um, therapy or um, even psychiatrists. And then they give you a list in the area um, based on where it is you want to go. And they also give ratings too. And then oh, you can, great. yeah, and then you can even check in um, with the application. So it's like a Yelp for doctors. Kind of, yeah. It's about yeah. Um, and I went there. They were, um, my particular therapist was fantastic. Um, and yeah, it was just really interesting that after having multiple panic attacks and thinking like that, like, man, I really need to see a therapist. And I just pulled out my phone and then found one and then saw him in a week. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, kind of love living in the 21st century, man. I know. I know. (laughs) It's like, it just seems like all the puzzle pieces are there to help with like mental, um, I don't don't like to call them disorders, um, but like mental, um, mental ailments. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's more along the lines now fighting the public stigma behind it, um, rather than the tools that are available to Mm -hmm. find it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, cause you know, it took me so long to talk about it too. I didn't even tell my boyfriend of like three years that I was seeing somebody until 
like we're like half like like a year end mark i think i was in 2000 i had a long-time boyfriend from in college and about halfway through i had lived in new york for about eight months living with him and i was really anxious because you know i moved and i was like i'm doing this for a boy which in hindsight i was doing it for a boy but um I would have you know these conversations with my therapist about it, and I was like, "What am I doing?" And he was really supportive. I think he he was more or less just like, "You need to do this because you were twenty years old, and you should make the mistake." Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to police every decision that you make. You can't check in with me. You have to live your life. Right. And I think that at a point, I was doing that. I was losing him as a crutch and saying like, mm-hmm. "There's this opportunity. But should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it?" And he's like, well, what do you think? He's like, well, I don't know what I think. What do you think? And he's like, you can't do that, honey. You've got to live your life. I can't, I can't make the outline for your life. You got to do you. You got to not even say do you, obviously, but he's, you know, you have to do what's right for you. That would be a pretty dope therapist. He was like, just do you, girl. Just do you. <laughs> I feel like that's a therapist. Be, just do you, girl. You got this. You got this. But, but no, he was he was just really great with that and. You know, I was, but I, he was like my, like, secret shame in a way, because, and I, and I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't shamed of him as a person, but it was shamed that I needed him. And I needed him a lot. <laughs> and I, and, and I, I, last time I talked to him was about six months ago, and I called him up, and, um, yeah, it was, um, a really great conversation. He said, you know, don't be a stranger. Call me if you need me some more. Just, I'm, it's good to hear your voice. And I think that is what therapy is. You know, I think it's not necessarily for you to just to rattle off your life's troubles to somebody and for that person to get money off of you. I think it's uh, just about being heard. Mm-hmm. And by a neutral party too sometimes absolutely neutral party and just knowing that what you're feeling is okay to feel mm-hmm. and while you can't necessarily articulate it as eloquently as you need to or want to just knowing that at the end of the day you spoke your piece you can move on and I think that for me is what I need to do and hopefully I find that peace soon. <laughs> but um, again, this podcast has really helped me just figure out some stuff and make me want to do more and uh, talk more. Yeah. And if you don't have anybody to talk to and you're listening, like hit us up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Shoot. Like, um, I mean, I mean, like, while I need a therapist, you know, yeah. I can I I have a lot of advice yeah. <laughs> or at least think I do. And um, I'm always willing to listen. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's something to take really serious, and it's not taboo. Mm-mm, not at all. You know, you're what you're feeling. Your feelings are valid, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, no matter what, you should be able to speak your truth. So, holla at us.
This week, we like to give a shout out to a special podcast called Tight Pencils. Tight Pencils is a show that explores the process of making art. Matt and Kevin sit down with a maker, cartoonist, painter, or designer to find out about their work and what inspires them to create. That is Tight Pencils here on the Chicago Podcast Cooperation. Hey, Cher. Hey. Do you know what time it is? I think I know what time it is. Let me see how long I can extend this. Okay. I think it, I think I know what time it is, too. What time is it? I don't know. But I think it's open call time. Open call time? Open call time! Open call time! Yeah! <laughs> Whoa. We blew out, we blew out the feedback. <laughs> That's amazing! Wow, we blew, we blew out the feedback. All right, open call time. Open call time. Oh my god! All right, so what we you, did that. Oh my god! So, what are you feeling this week? Oh man, I, my open call this week is for this um, film that came out last year that was little seen, but should not have been little seen because it was such a good movie. It was so good. And it's on Netflix. It's called Beyond the Lights. Um, it is starring the beautiful, like probably the most pretty woman. In the world, like, I don't, I'm sorry, but like, you can keep your Jennifer Lawrence's, you can keep your Angelina Jolie's, this, this girl here, Juju, um, Ambetha Raw, I probably ruined her name, but, um, she's just, she's a, she's, she's a nap, she's, I can't even, I can't even articulate what she is, she just lights up the screen, she's, just stunning and every frame like you can't take your eyes off her when she's on screen she's perfect and uh she started in this really beautiful charming little uh romantic drama called down the lights last year oh oh i just remembered i did watch that oh i you did, did watch it i saw it on hbo go i think okay yes yeah yeah Oh my god! Yeah, that, that movie's so good. Sorry, I butt in because we were just talking about this earlier, and yeah. I was like, I don't know this movie, and then I just remembered it clicked on me. Yeah, it's okay. A good movie. It's a good. No, it's I, fine. I, I, I'm I glad that you have that. I'm glad yeah. that you have that intensity because that's yeah. the kind of intensity I have for this film. I saw it in the theaters last it's year. So cute, and it was like me and like three other people. It's like, why isn't the whole world filling up this 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 theater? Like, it's such a sweet film, and it's. One of those films that um, it was written by uh, Gina Prince um, Bythewood, who um, Bythewood, that's right, Bythewood, um, who wrote uh, Love and Basketball, and she wrote a drama romance that um, could have been cast by an entirely white cast, like easily, but it just happened to be with black people and all and other and other minorities, and that's how that's how I like. My black dramas, honestly, it's like it is. It shouldn't have to like your blackness shouldn't be your defining characteristic. You should just be black, and have these you know trials and tribulations and all these other characteristics. And I think that's what this film did was that it allowed this beautiful romance, but it necessarily didn't have to be it because there were two black people in a black experience Ooh, that I, wasn't experience. Can I jump in real quick? Sure. So. Also, like the kind of cosine that feeling about blackness, because I don't want this to turn into a whole different podcast. We might do another episode on this. This we might be will, interesting. Yeah. Um, what I particularly liked about this movie, and it's like sort of black normalcy in a way, is that it was not complete erasure of the race. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like when you think of erasure of the race, think of like every movie that Will Smith is is um, 
starring in. Starring in, or every movie that Tay Diggs is starring in. At least like, not not like the black ones, you know what I mean? Right. Where it's like, we have a black character, and he's just plucked in because... He's not, he's not token. Right, right, right. But it's like, it's it's black normalcy in a way. It's like, yeah, we are aware of our blackness, but we're not particularly in the space because we're black. Right. I mean, you know like I mean? The, the, the male lead, who is another beautiful man, Nate Parker... <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful man. Like he, he should do more things. Like Nate Parker, if someone out there knows Nate Parker, just saying. There were a lot of gratuitous shirtless scenes with this gentleman. Just no, there, none were gratuitous. <laughs> all was needed. All was valid. All was perfect. Okay, just yes. Okay, <laughs> never. <laughs> I was about to drop a spoiler in there, so yeah, just just watch this movie. It's really good, but um. His character, he his father was a cop and he was trying to get him into politics. Like that whole that whole like underlining subplot was really good. And again, what's not defined on his blackness? His was he wasn't running as a black candidate. He was running for the youth vote. He was running for like a fresh blood. And again, it could have been from any ethnicity. And that's what I loved about this movie is that like it wasn't about her being biracial that made her who she was. It wasn't about him being by the way who she was. It was the experience they had as human beings and what brought these two together. And it's just, yes, like I was just, I cry every time I see the end of the movie. Like it's just beautiful, written, it's sweet. And yeah, Beyond the Lights, guys, like it's been out for a while. It's on Netflix. So I know a lot of you people have Netflix. Like most of America has Netflix. So there's no excuse for you not to see this movie. So go do it. Do yourself a favor and do it. And that is my call out this week. What about you, James? Um, so speaking of blackness, I'm going to call out a um, all black cycling collective um, called Red Bike and Green. Yeah. Um, so I don't get why I haven't called this out a while back. Um, but funny story about them. Um, so they were one of the first people that I met when moving out here to Chicago. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So um, what are we calling Sine this week? Partner? <laughs> wife? She's your she's your main squeeze. All right, main, my main squeeze, Sine and I. Um, it was the first week we lived out here in Chicago. We didn't have Wi-Fi, so we went down to a local coffee shop. And by local, we had a car, so that meant miles north. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went out to a spot called New Wave, and we were out there. We were working um, on some stuff, so we had our laptops out. I was working on some uh, projects. She was um, working on some stuff as well, and sitting at a table near the door and this uh, other black woman walked in and she looked at us she was like you two look cool i'm gonna sit with you i was like totally cool so we started talking uh realized that all three of us were like all into similar things and she found out that i did design work she was like hey you need to meet my uh pal ebony um she runs this thing called red bike and green out here in chicago so exchange information Ebony and I met up um I worked on some graphics for them and then months later I started riding with them um so Red Bike and Green is actually not just Chicago based but they have chapters all throughout the country I believe they were started in Oakland if I'm not mistaken Oakland yeah um but do they have a New York chapter pretty sure they do great yeah so um they do everything from group rides to uh, speed rides to family rides um it's great. It's really great to just like go and meet up with a bunch of other black folks on bikes 
and depending on your skill set, go out and ride. Uh, sometimes um, they'll bring rented bikes around, and we just all ride and hang out, be black. Mm, that's a ride. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Red Bike and Green, check out your local chapter. Really hope there's one. And if there's not, fuck it, start one. Absolutely. I mean, tip the initiative, guys. <laughs> If you like what you heard on this last episode of the Open Ended Podcast, please give us a shout out on iTunes, either by rating us a five star so we can get higher in the charts or leaving a review. We really appreciate it. Until next time, keep things open ended. (laughs) Yes, we are. Is this thing on? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Mm, mm, mm.